You're listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Welcome to the Deliberative, your premier podcast all about Exalted. I'm your host, Corey, and joining me today, as always, is Jim. How's it going, Corey? (laughs) (laughs) And not Charles. So I guess Charles is not joining us, as always. Uh, So sorry, Charles. Uh, You did say it was optional. Oh, yeah, that's right. We put the optional tag on the... (laughs) <laughs> on attendance at this this episode but yeah we we tried to make it work where all of us could be here this week but as you know it is the fourth of july weekend in the united states and so all kinds of families are traveling and have plans and all that kind of stuff we're actually going to be gone to a wedding this weekend and so i wasn't even able to do it on saturday we, we're, we're doing this on a different day than we normally record so anyway we tried to make it work where all of us could be here but we just couldn't so it's just gonna be me and jim this week but hey that's cool. We'll have a good time because yeah, we've we got, got, we got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot to talk about. We <laughs> sure do. So uh, why don't we just get right into it? Well, let's hit the news. So the big news is that Exigence has wrapped up on Indiegogo and it actually finished out with $163,559 raised, which was 467% of the goal that was initially set. And we unlocked 17 stretch goals overall, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we covered a bunch of these in previous in our two previous episodes. So if you haven't heard parts one and two of our of our look at exigence, go back and look at those. But since the last time we talked about all this, we unlocked the Streets of Great Forks Part Two, which I know Jim, you were excited about that because of all the new yes, it was. Great yes. Forks stuff. I'm excited too because of the Shrine Gangs, extra Shrine Gang stuff. Very cool. We unlocked a mobile desktop wallpaper for your iPhones and Androids. That should be pretty cool. We unlocked the Fox Binder Seed. Uh, that was the one I was really hoping we would get to. I didn't think we would get there. but Yeah, I was worried it, about it too. Yeah, it started just blasting through there toward the end. And we were going up like thousands of dollars like every hour it seemed. I, and we almost made it to the Torchbearers, which would have been the very last seed that was mentioned in the first couple of chapters of the book so we didn't get quite to the torchbearer but we did get the fox binder i'm really excited about that i did think that was probably one of the coolest of the examples that they gave uh so we're gonna get the that's that's a it's an exalt of this god of foxes or something but the actual god of foxes is your familiar so he is, you get to actually, you know, have this God come along with you. Maybe you could change into some Fox stuff. You know, I just think that's very cool. Can't wait to see how they build that out. Uh, also other, uh, other stretch goals we've unlocked since then. There was a virtual tabletop token pack. So if you're one of those that uses virtual tabletops as you play Exalted, that should be exciting to you. Uh, then uh, Bearers of the Spark Part 2. That was uh, extra gods and divinities and stuff to base yeah, your like, exalts off of. I like that of. one. Yeah, I me too. Like I, that one. 
I'm really looking forward to that chapter in this expansion book. Just because, like you said, you know, we want to just go get like a book of Asian deities or something just to give us ideas. Yeah. But if they provide us with a whole bunch of cool, you know, I, I feel like I overuse the term imagination fuel, but I mean, that's really what it is. You know, you're just fueling <laughs> your imagination. So that sounds pretty cool. And then also a streaming overlay if you. Uh, stream your games on Twitch, stuff like that, you know, some sort of live uh, streaming of your game, or even, I guess, even if you just put it on YouTube, uh, there we've unlocked this streaming overlay where you can decorate out your your game like that. So that's kind of cool, too. Uh, I won't, I probably won't use any of those digital things, but I'm excited that they're there for those who do use those. So the so, thing I like, Corey, about, about these stretch goals is... Um, you know, when, when we do these Kickstarter can, uh, crowdfunding type projects, you know, you get the manuscript early on and you're so excited and it like right. it really like gets you going, get right. excited for the game. And then you're just kind of like after you read through this, you're like, man, well, I've kind of read through all this. But these stretch goals like the Fox Binder, mm -hmm. I don't know nothing about the Fox Binder, but right. I'm going to get to find out Uh you know when 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 everything's all put together and we all we get like the final package and everything right. so it gives us a little bit more to look forward to and oh, yeah. i mean man i wish we could have got that last one but you know what 17 it, it's good it's good yeah. and i don't know you know i was thinking about this myself like what do you do if you're the publisher who's putting this thing out and your project gets almost all the way to pick up every single one of your example exalt types to get a seed for it, you know, and, you, and you're like just a couple of thousand dollars away from the last one. Like, do you just go ahead and do it anyway? Like, like the writer part of me would be like, I want this to be complete and I don't want to leave out like one thing, yeah. you know, the, but then if you the, do that, the collectible guy that you are, you know, yeah, that, exactly. that one piece of the puzzle is missing. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't do that. Like, like I personally, I just be like, do it anyway. Just put that in there anyway. But at the same time, if, if you're like trying to use these crowdfunding campaigns in order, like you're trying to get more people to give into the campaign and you get a reputation for just doing it anyway, even if they didn't earn those goals. I mean, what does that say? Yeah. That's a little, I, that's a little permissive. Or, yeah, that's kind of like telling your kids you're not going to Disneyland and then taking them anyway you know yeah. you should have just never <laughs> right. said you wasn't gonna don't, take don't them. make me turn this car around <laughs> yeah they're just like you never turn the car well, around. here's Dad. a thought don't don't completely throw that idea away you're gonna have more crowdfunding projects hey you know toss it in one of those five thousand dollar <laughs> in between goals or something yeah, for, for the for next like project. another for another project yeah we'll yeah i don't know if they'll have rules. one I don't know if they'll have one soon enough to make that a reality, but yeah, that, that, um, it's not a bad idea. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I think the next project will start up before this book is done. Oh yeah, of course. So of course. yeah, throw it in. Okay. There's a yeah, compromise I right there. I, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll willingly wait for the next flat book. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you make a good point. They could always do that. Like, yeah, okay, well, let's yeah. pick up the spare that we had yeah, from the last you, one. You call, yeah. you call Bobby and you say, hey, Bobby, project's on. Let's write. I need yeah. it on the desk by Monday. You know, yeah. Sunday night, yeah. you tell him that. Or or <laughs> more more likely, we already wrote this up and we're just waiting to stick it in this uh, crowdfunding campaign. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah so uh other other news that we got and and you know it's with the big with the big indiegogo campaign for exigence being out there uh, a lot of the uh, you know there's there's not a whole lot of other exalted news ar- around that because that's like the main show but they did mention in the monday meeting notes the week before last they said that all the art for adversaries of the righteous has been approved oh, so that's i feel good like news yeah i feel like that's a big step like once you once you get past that you know now you're going into layout and everything else so oh, well, really probably it layouts easy for for the adversaries and hundred devils i mean like they already I yeah mean, you, you see how most they've done of it. it was done already yeah too, and the ones that haven't been the done previews. the one that have, haven't been done should be kind of easy to do if you've got all the art and everything because you're, you're essentially starting an entry like a new entry on every page so it's just sort of like just throwing it up there. So, I mean, we could see adversaries of the righteous pretty quickly. I guess. Yeah, listen, listen to us, the experts on book layout. <laughs> oh yeah, we know all about it, don't we? <laughs> but, We're uh, out of our depth. That's right. <laughs> it's just but, so easy. All you do is put all these pages together and yeah, staple them. Sure, just do that, and then put a boom, bada bing, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so and, and and just one thing that was that was that happened on that same Monday meeting notes a couple of weeks ago. I just felt like I kind of need to mention this. It was some sort of kind of stuck in my craws. I made a comment on there, just kind of like woo, exorcist, woo, exalted, and even like woo, Trinity, because I'm a, I'm now a big Trinity fan. I have another show, Trinity Continuum Airwaves. If you haven't heard that, so I'm like you know woo, and and Rich is like hey your excitement is like kind of you got to be careful you get too excited you could end up hurting somebody's feelings or whatever by and i don't really know what he was talking about there if there's something specific that he was saying but i just wanted to take just a second to just to just lay this out there like it like if if you are a are a developer for exalted or any of the other lines that onyx path works on and you've been offended by something that we said i just want to say right now but like it was never our intention to offend you. We are humongous fans yes. of all of the games that you guys make. And I mean, our show is an opinion based show. I mean, we, we sit around, we talk about stuff. We like stuff that we don't like as much, but like pretty much you look at it. We are just like, you know, overwhelmingly positive toward every, toward everything. We we're like the cheerleaders for the games that you guys make. And so uh, we, we absolutely, if we say, you know, Oh, this, uh, this, this, this desktop wallpaper thing is kind of silly. Like we believe it. Like we're, we already are like bought in big time. And I even paid for one of those desktop wallpapers separately <laughs> from a Kickstarter. So like, believe me when I say we're super fans. If, if, if we hurt your feelings, we didn't mean to. And, uh, and if you, if you got your feelings hurt and you want us to apologize to you personally, we'll do that. Okay. But, uh, so I just want, I just want you to know we are on your side when it comes to all of this stuff. I'm a huge fan. Jim's a huge fan. Charles is a fan too. So please you know don't what get I think it was, upset. Corey. What was that? I think it was we we mentioned fruit too much in the exigence. <laughs> it's a banana. It's about yeah, exigence. It's a banana. Or, or maybe I it mean, had something to do with juice and weasels, which you know. Oh, somebody could have got upset. Yeah, but you know, it could it could have been you know, Rich could have been ex- <laughs> upset that we questioned the fact that uh, they made the exigence book gray. I'm assuming that's his call that they made the book gray. I mean, hey, I think it's going to be a gorgeous book. It's going to be gray with some gold on the cover. I'm not upset about it. I'm just but you know, when, we, when you put in big letters underneath the book, not final design, you got wiggle room. That's right. You could have gone with the it's a banana. But I hope you guys realize all that stuff for what it is. It's just us it's just us joking around, farting around, and we're not you know, we love your stuff. 
big time. We're huge fans. So uh, anyway, if anybody's upset, put that all on me, and I'm sorry, all right? But anyway, let's go on to our discussion this week. This is our part three of our exigence discussion. So we are going to be covering the piece that was released between part two of our discussion and now, which the only thing that's been released since then has been the appendix. But man, that appendix came out way bigger than I expected it. Did oh, you expect? Yeah. Did you expect no, another ninety pages? I did not expect it. <laughs> a thirty-page write-up on each one of the on each uh, one of the three yes. options, optionals. Oh, yeah, I remember. I, mean, I remember. I was I was sitting at home that day, um, and 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 the phone. You know, the the I get the email alert. You know, boom, uh-huh. Indiegogo campaign. So I click it as quick as I can. And I was like, this thing is 90 pages, 30 pages per exalt. I was <laughs> like, this is going to be great. I thought yeah. we were going to get like a five-page write-up yeah. on each one. So I was expecting like 10 charms for each one. Yeah. like yeah. Kind of like maybe just enough to like make a starting level character. And then directions on where to go after you create your starting level character, you know? Yeah. But n- no. Nah. Yeah, they, I was thinking maybe enough charms, yeah, to to get you to the minimum that is required to play that exalt. Yeah. So you could actually play the exalt right out of the gate. Yeah, and now you can, I think, with what they've given us. Oh, but yeah, they gave definitely. us so much more too, <laughs> and and there's uh, all through there, all through each one of the three types that they gave us, which are the dream soul, the heart eaters, and the umbrals. All through each one of those types, they're constantly giving, and here are some more melee charms or, or off offense charms here are some more oh, defense yeah. charms here's yeah, some get more about 10 social or 15 charms fully fleshed out and i think then it's probably a lot like, more than that to be honest a, yeah well you know per, oh you mean like per category per, per category yeah like yeah, you go yeah. to the offensive charms you get like yeah. 15 fully yeah. fleshed out and then yeah. there's there's like five or six of them right below it additional yeah. offensive charms right here's what they basically do Take it, run with it, figure it out yourself, what they cost and and, and all yeah. that stuff. It makes but me wonder, wow. like, what would the length be per per optional exalt type if they would have fleshed out all of those optional I, ones? I'm thinking it would be probably 75%, if not the same size as each of the other uh, exigent exalts that are yeah. in the book. I mean... Yeah, I, I, uh, that that seems about right to me that so so you have you really have the the majority of what you need for a whole exalt type with each of these oh or yeah least, definitely or at least so much toward a full ride up that it really won't take you too much extra to to get it across the finish line if, definitely if you've that definitely have enough info there if you wanted to use them as uh npcs or antagonists mm-hmm. and you could design multiple different variations of it yeah so yeah. yeah it's it's good info there yeah it's very cool so uh love this appendix I, I just this whole book has just been wild i mean for an exalted product we've never really seen anything like this i mean you know everything has had the charm section and then you've got uh martial arts and then you've got artifacts and you've got like a huge history section and all and then this but this book is like exalt type 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 i mean seven seven of them 
it's enormous. It's so uh, it's such a huge undertaking. Uh, maybe the the hugeness of the undertaking is is really what has caused it to be this delayed after lunars was because holy cow they wrote seven new exalt types yeah you know? exactly so i mean i totally see that if that's what caused that plus covid and all the other stuff but i mean just dang just that that humongous like they wanted to eat the elephant you know i mean they're literally eating the elephant with this book one bite at a time so Anyway, but let's get into the different the different types. So there's three different types, like we said, the dream soul, the heart eaters, and the umbral. And the dream souls start the thing out. And they are now, Jim, I know you you care more about their like sort of their story and everything, uh, probably than than I you looked at that even closer than I did. But so so they are the ones that come from what well, is uh Kit Kitu the Dreaming Prince? So who's yeah. this guy? He's just a fae, right? Is he like a fae no, or is he a god? No, they they describe him as neither fae, god, nor kin to the Yozis. So Okay, so he's what, like his own what thing. Who is this guy? <laughs> so he's like his own thing. And he creates this these exalts that have powers over dreaming. That's like a huge part of it, like entering other people's dreams. And then also uh, they have a power over illusions and even and even shaping reality. Yeah. Uh, so they have a, they have a pretty wide purview. And I'll just say, as I was when I first got the the preview for the appendix, I'm flipping through and looking at all three because now we got, you know, we got three exalt types at once to kind of look at. And so I'm like, I'm quickly flipping through, right? I'm not just taking my time with each one on my first pass. And as I'm flipping through there, you know, I'm like dream soul. Yeah, you got to get blah, that 10,000, 10,000 foot overview, right? That's right. Yeah. So I'm like dream soul. Oh, I guess it's cool. It's dreams. I mean, I feel like the whole thing's wrapped up in the name, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let's move along, move along, move along. Heart eaters. Oh, this is the one I'm here for. I was really looking forward to heart eaters from the beginning. Right. So I'm, I get right into the heart eaters. I'm like, whoa, check these out. Oh, everything. And then I'm like, oh, the umbral. Yes. This is so cool. And I thought to myself, <laughs> the dream soul those, you know, out of the three. Yeah. They're probably the least cool but then as i went back on my second pass through where i was just really reading every word along the way the dream sold became for me the absolute coolest that maybe maybe well I, you know we've we i i get i get my friends rankle me all the time for saying like this is the coolest thing ever and then the next day you say this is the coolest thing ever well i've already <laughs> said that the puppeteer is the coolest thing ever i think i've already said that the sovereigns were the coolest thing ever so I got to be careful how many other things I say are the coolest thing ever. But you're like a, dream... a radio station's like top ten. You know, every week yeah. it changes. <laughs> it <you> changes. <laughs> That's right. But the dreams sold are are seriously, seriously cool. I they're definitely my favorite of the appendix chapter, and uh, and you know they have this absolutely awesome anima power that can be enhanced by a lot of charms. Like they're able to produce illusions. Uh, just kind of wholesale through their anima. And then they have tons of charms that like bolster that and make it make it where they extend farther. Or they have more more uh, influence over people or they they become real. And so you've got just this awesome anima power of creating illusions. And, you know, this really is the first time we've seen something kind of like an illusionist in exalted i mean it's a typical sort of wizard uh flavor yeah we we talked a, a couple of times about how cool sorcery is in exalted yeah. and it is cool and i'm it not cool. taking anything away from that sure but if you wanted to play like your 
you're kind of, you know, someone from from like the uh, the D twenty type system, right? Wanted to play like the traditional kind of mage, or someone mm-hmm. from the game mage. Yeah, this is like this is where you want to go. These yeah, guys this... are stinking awesome. I mean, it just makes me think of like Merlin. Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. I can't, I can't, I can't remember how many times I thought Merlin. Like as I'm reading this thing, it is, it's just like it's like playing a mage, but a mage, but all of the, uh, or especially an illusionist, but but really, yeah, like you said, just a mage in general, because so many things are based off of this anima power, this illusion power. But then they also have they also have a lot of other really cool abilities and things that they do. Uh, they do a lot of of tr- uh, what's the word that I'm thinking of transmogrification or transformation of one thing to another. Polymorph. And, and rem- polymorphing, yeah. <laughs> it's like Miss McGonagall in Harry Potter, you know, trying to teach the kids how to change a, a cup into a cat or whatever, you know. And so that that's actually a big part of these guys' power. And as I was reading through here. Uh, I'm looking at like charms like dressed in Fantasia, uh, where you can you can actually like change your clothes and change the color of them and all this kind of stuff. And every time I see that effect, which that is the that's one of the effects of the prestidigitation uh, cantrip in Pathfinder and Dungeons and Dragons, also that you can change the color of your clothes. And every time I see that effect, it reminds me of the Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman Dark Sword trilogy. And if Charles were mm, here. Yeah. Have, did you read Dark Sword, Jim? Not as much as you guys did. I think uh, I think I may have borrowed the book a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't even remember mo- like much about the story. I mean, I hear you and Charles talk about it all the time, so I feel like I well, read we're it. we're mainly talking about the <laughs> Deathgate cycle. When you hear us talking about uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, that, that's the one where you talked about the guy flipping the battleground over or something like that. No, that's in that's in Raymond E. Feist, but. Uh, uh. <laughs> We got so much fantasy got so many references colliding so. together. Yeah. But uh, yeah, normally when we talk about Raymond E. Feist, or normally when we talk about Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, you know, we're talking about uh, Deathgate Cycle or talking about the, um, the, the Dragonlance novels. Or even, I even, I, probably I talk, you know, uh, pro- the third most about Rose of the Prophet, which I loved that trilogy. But there is this other trilogy called the Dark Sword trilogy. And for some reason of like, like even with all the fantasy fiction that I've read, the idea of like the mages in the Dark Sword trilogy changing their clothing, changing their clothing colors with magic, it has always just stuck in my head. And I think of that as being something that I would so want to do if I had magical power. And so here they come along with the dream sold. And this honestly might've been what just, just totally grabbed me. This dressed in Fantasia charm allows you to do just that, like change your clothes and and even like, you know, kind of take on some armor like uh, qualities and things like that. They have other charms that let them turn mundane items into weapons. It's called rattling toy sabers. And uh, I mean, th- and and maybe it's because the previous one with the clothing has the word Fantasia in it. But for some reason, when I hear the, the thing about changing mundane items into weapons, I think about Mickey Mouse in Fantasia uh, as the <laughs> Sorcerer's Apprentice, you know, like having all the brooms dance around and stuff like that. Well, think about brooms changing into lances and tridents and spears and that kind of thing. And then they go on from there to being able to turn 
one animal into a different kind of animal. So that is like the Miss McGonagall thing. The duck becomes hair metamorphosis. Yeah, and, that's, uh, where, so, that's pretty cool. Yeah, change, change a, a mouse into a tiger or whatever. And they can even make some of their illusions real for a time, which reminded me so much of like the replicator on Star Trek The Next Generation, you know, where you just walk up to the thing and you're like, Earl Grey, hot, you know, and it's like, <laughs> well, I was thinking about this, like, if you're the kind of person who loves food. What if it's like you, some buff dude named Earl Grey just like appears? Uh, like, you don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Earl Grey hot. What? Like, oh, oh he, dang, dang. I want yeah, a tea. But, <laughs> yeah, but he is hot. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I was thinking like, you know, if you're the kind of person like me who loves food. But you don't want to get like fat, but you want to just like eat all you want. Like this thing that turns your illusions real, then it they they disappear at the end of the scene. So yeah. I, the, like the first thing I thought of was like in in Hook when the Lost Boys have their big feast and it's kind of like an imaginary feast, you know. But they're still like really really enjoying all the food. I and was thinking just, of uh, Cipher from the Matrix when he's like, I know this oh, steak yeah, isn't the real. Steak. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's not, it's not a, uh, what is it? A moment on the lips or a second on the lips is, is like a eternity on the hips or how, how does that go? A second on the lips forever on the hips. Yeah. That's how it goes. So, uh, anyway, like it, that doesn't, that doesn't apply at all here. You, you eat like an entire Turkey and you walk away and the Turkey's just gone. You feel full for a second. And you're like, Oh, I could eat again. <laughs> Let's conjure up some more of that stuff. So, uh, anyway, I just, you know, looking at all of those things that you can do, uh, with just like I said, with the anima powers and then boosted by the charms, be able to kind of take that and run with it even more directions. I am in love with these guys. I'm going to say that it this before be... you do. Okay. It's the immovable rod effect. Yeah, it these really guys is, are cool it? because of all the weird, cool things they can do, and yeah, all the things you, can... you could do in a town. Yeah, changing someone's dog into a cat, all that crazy. That's kind of the appeal. Now. These guys are awesome and can like, you know, nuke an entire city. That that goes can without they? saying. Oh can they yeah, I think so. Oh yeah. Man. Okay. Well, I'll Maybe tell you why sleep. they can't. Okay, tell me about. Tell me about. Well, they have a charm. Uh, there's a charm that called Deadly Mirage Technique, which allows uh, that the illusions are so real that they can they can make their attacks with the illusions oh, and the right, baleful yeah. phantasm phantasmagoria invocation that's a mouthful mm -hmm. uh, they can create illusionary environments that are uh capable of causing damage so yeah, if you yeah. have an illusionary volcano go off in a city and people believe it yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah that's true so you really can nuke a city you can yep. even you could even have a, an illusion of a nuke going off in the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, you're, you're right. That is, they can nuke a city, and yes, that is very powerful. So, yeah, okay, they can nuke a city. But it's cool because, yeah. you know, then the illusion disappears and uh, there's a bunch of bodies laying around. Yeah, yeah that's pretty dang cool. They, you know, they also have, speaking of like nuking a city and doing really big things, they also have, like, what, what, you know, when we first heard this whole, like, 
optional tag thing you know we kind of made fun of it you know it's like optional tag you know like or these things are optional why aren't isn't anything in your game optional i guess if you don't want it you say well i don't like the idea of lunars <laughs> they're just optional you know like so so what's the deal with these guys being there optional? is some validity to that argument about yeah. being optional <laughs> yeah there is because some of these some of these things are like way op I mean, they really like they just feel way OP. And uh, like, for instance, they these dreams old have a charm called reality dissolving Alembic. And essentially what they do is they just can rearrange an entire like couple of range bands to just change the land however they want it. You know, pull up a hill, sink down a pond, you know, freeze, freeze a river. Uh, cause cause like little uh, miniature suns on on beanstalks to grow up and then sprout wings and fly around. I mean, like you can just essentially let your dream become reality in a fairly you know large area, which transforms that area into a border march region of the wild. That's huge. That's like insanely powerful. So you say, do you really want this in your game? Well. That's one of those things that might make you think, well, I think we want this one to be optional. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I've been doing a lot when we get into these new exalt types is I really comb over the first two or three pages before diving uh -huh. into the charm. I know you, you, uh, you like to jump in and find all the cool charms. Like, here's all the cool charms that I like. Right. But I like to see, like, what sets this apart from the other um, exalt types. Mm -hmm. And one thing that really stuck out with these guys is that each one of the dream souls, they, uh, they have an ideal, which is like a defining principle oh, yeah. that, yeah. uh, it's like their vision or their understanding of like what a perfect world would be. And if you're an right. illusionist, that just makes so much sense. Right? right. Right. Like you're all the time thinking about, you know, cause you can change and shape things. So what would the perfect world be? And like they had some examples like no one should have to suffer or I should rule over the world or people should be loyal, moral and scrupulous. Mm -hmm. So this actually plays into some of their charms. And one of the charms, there's a, uh, it's called uh, the Wild Warping Dominion. Oh, and yeah. basically the normal version of the charm is that all the characters or objects within short range of the dream soul are immune to the physical transformations of the wild. So, mm -hmm. you know, you could basically create like, you know, it's kind of like Avatar when they, they're walking underwater and Katara mm -hmm. like makes the bubble, Katara right. and Anger making the bubble that kind of, well, it's basically you got your own little bubble moving through the wild. Yeah. But it's your, if, it's your wild spaceship. Exactly. But if you're alone or don't have anyone that needs that protection, then you can actually invert the charm and you cause the shaping effects that exist in the wild within short range, they reflect your ideal. So it could be totally mm. different based on whatever your ideal is. And right. I, think, uh, I think one of the examples was, oh man, I can't remember it. But basically it was like something crazy happens, like this wall of like, ice or something but then you have this ideal principle and it basically changes and and shapes itself to match closely to your ideal right so that's just really cool that is cool but you know what everything you just said 
reminds me that we need a book on the wild and shaping so much. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. I mean, we I do just... have second edition, but it, it feels <sighs> it feels dirty having to go I just to another got that edition. book a couple. I just got that book a couple of weeks ago. I've been rebuilding my uh, paper collection of first and second edition, and I just got the second never edition. Missing, miss, never miss an opportunity to, to let people know that, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, actually, <laughs> I, I, kinda I didn't want people knowing that for the longest time because I didn't want them raising any prices on me. But uh, I actually have like a video <laughs> or a, a photo catalog of your shelf filling up because you take that's pictures right. of your bookshelf every time you fill it up. <laughs> that's right. And but you're like, I just oh, got so sad. I don't have any more room on my bookshelf. I guess yeah, I'll I had have to, to buy a bigger one. That's exactly what's <laughs> happening right now. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, I got the Graceful Wicked Basques book again, and I'm like flipping back through it. Of course, I got all this stuff on my iPad PDF. That was my original reason for getting rid of all my paper role-playing game books was because I was like, well, I want to have everything electronic so that I carry my entire library with me. And then I cried every time I sold a book. I was like, no, no, not this there, one. I there's loved just it. something about having the physical thing in your yes. hand. Oh, gosh, it's, there is. It's so great. I went 10 years without it, and now I'm just like, I want everything paper again. But um, anyway, yeah, so I'm looking through Graceful Wicked Masks, and I'm looking at all this, you know, this shaping stuff, and all these rules for the wild, or wild, the, the fae, the fair folk. I was like, wild folk? That's not right. <laughs> looking at all this stuff about the fair folk, and I'm like, gosh, we need this for third edition. Please don't leave us hanging. Give us some good fair folk stuff with third edition. I don't care if you don't give us you know ways to play fair folk but gosh we need all the other stuff so you know I mean, do fingers you think crossed the setting please could be slipped into one of these directional books or something or is that that's all creation though isn't it that's all yeah. creation yeah i mean i feel like it needs its own thing it's so weird it's going to require a lot of rules even if it, even if they don't have a way to play fair folk if, if it's just a way to design antagonists that make sense they're still oh. just going to need all kinds of new rules and stuff that they need to go over it's going to be a decent book i feel like you know it'd be a decent length yeah so anyway but yeah this dream soul makes me think that you know just gosh we need some we need some good direction in third edition for what to do with wild stuff but so uh, wasn't this this exalt described as like kind of the wild exalt yeah i mean this is the one that you would do if you wanted to be an exalt like because before you know you could play a fair folk in first edition and in second edition but fair folks weren't exalts they're their own thing so they have their own ways of character creation their own ways of doing stuff and they they weren't exalts but everybody was always like oh well we need like a wild flavored exalt and they, vance said this is what we're doing you know this is the wild flavored exalt so um they just you know, happen to be enemies of the fair folk <laughs> yeah yeah that's right so yeah it actually says fair folk and other fey hate and fear the dream soul right so right maybe that's why they're optional because if you're gonna you fight, have to make up all you're that gonna wild have to stuff. make all that stuff so. <laughs> that's right you gotta homebrew the whole campaign yeah uh but anyway you know, we, you know we've talked about all of their uh we've talked about all their their illusion magic and and stuff like that coming out of their anima another one of their anima powers that a lot of charms are keyed into is their ability to put people to sleep and enter their dreams oh yeah inception yeah exactly and you know it reminds me of when i was a young teenager what grade would i have been in seventh or eighth grade eighth grade uh, seventh or eighth grade yeah somewhere in there 
I used to go look in the new age section of the bookstore all the time. And there were these series of books. I got a I feeling remember. we're about to talk about lucid dreaming. Yes, we are. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I remember having this conversation with you. Yeah. Like, 20 years like ago 20 years ago yeah so i found a book called lucid dreaming in 30 days and me and this friend we were like we went through the the process together you know of, of doing the lucid dreaming in 30 days it was working we both were having good success with the whole thing and uh and then i was like let's do so for the next one let's do out of body experiences in 30 days and so we were like trying to go through that that one wasn't quite as successful as the lucid dreaming one but i had this idea that we were going to make a business out of leaving our bodies <laughs> going into going into other people's bodies and controlling their dreams like we controlled our own with lucid dreaming and what we would do is we would charge, we, we would take an order up front. Uh, like, what would you like your dream to be tonight? And then they would say, oh, I want to do this, 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 and this. And so we're like, okay, tonight is going to be the night you're going to have that dream. And so we would actually leave our bodies, enter that person's body, wake them up in their dream so that they were lucid dreaming, and then essentially give them everything that they wanted in their dream. And then you take payment the next day. You know, This is totally and, like <laughs> if Inception and Total Recall had a baby. Yeah, a, a capitalistic baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Total Recall was capitalistic. They were selling those those. Babies, oh yeah, but, you uh, had to pay for those dreams. Yeah, you did. But uh, but anyway, yeah. So that was that was our idea. We we went by on uh, this was back in like BBS days, right? Where you called up bulletin board services and chat rooms with your twelve hundred baud modem. And uh, on this one particular chat room that we called in, I was Dreamweaver, and he was dream spinner or something like that so like we even like had our like chat handles as that you know that was wait a minute Did, we, were those your trade wars handles too it it was yeah i remember Gosh, that man. we're really dating ourselves aren't we? we used to play trade wars on bbs <laughs> <laughs> we are old people man on a yeah. 14 floor baud modem yeah <laughs> that, hey that that was like shiny new tech at, at that I point i remember yeah, my first was a 300 baud modem, and I was like, you know, a little kid dialing into these things, you know, with the help of some neighbors and stuff, trying to figure out how it all worked. But uh, and then your, your eyes mom opened. picks up the phone and messes everything up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, I was just about to make some trades. But anyway, yeah. So, so this idea of like being able to put people to sleep and go into their dreams and change their dreams and freak them out, give them new intimacies and all the other kind of cool stuff that these dreams sold can do through internet other people's dreams is just phenomenal it's so right up my alley so i'm a mega fan of these dreams sold and now i'm kind of wishing they would have had their own chapter in the book with like the full write-up <laughs> because take that optional tag off of there baby you're coming in so anyway did you have any other thoughts about the dreams sold, jim you want to share <laughs> Well, I don't have any stories from 30 years ago to share. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, one thing, uh, one thing that uh, I will mention now because it kind of covers everybody. It seems like all three of these are essence-based exalts, mm -hmm. and yeah. they have five divisions of their charms. So, Ooh, I didn't all, that. all all four of them, or all three of them, have offensive, defensive, social. Mobility travel charms. Those are the, ah, the headings. Okay. And 
The first category of charms is their unique charm. So here with the uh, Dream Soul, they have the illusion and transformation charms. So okay. that's how they're structured. That's so cool. If you're looking through the book, and that that's what you're looking for. That's really helpful. You know, I I noticed, of course, that they were all essence based, and I thought that was pretty cool. And I noticed that they all had some similarities when it came to the way that their excellencies worked. But uh, but I didn't notice that they were all using the same breakdown of how the charms were arranged. So that's yeah, actually really cool. It's act- it's it's in the same order. So you get your 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 primary charms, and then you're, it's going to go offense, defense, social. Then at the very end, you're going to have your mobility and travel charms, Very which cool. some of these mobility, usually I skip over the mobility and travel charms, like, cause it's like, oh, you could jump an extra range band. But when yeah. we get down to some of these, I'm, I'm going to tell you a couple of my charms, which normally I don't pick the, uh, the mobility charms. Oh, but. that's cool. I, you know, I noticed with these more than any, uh, maybe more than any other exalt types ever created. I noticed how how there are like certain packages of charms that they just make sure that like every exalt has a way to do this. You know, there's like the the perfect balance and the run up the walls charm and the give yourself one defense charm. Right. Like there's like these packages and then they just try to they try to flavor the package according to the exalt type, which right. really does give credence, I guess, to some of what we saw in essence where they were like, you know, here's this charm and here's how all 10 exalt types interpret this charm, but it does the same thing for all of them. Right. And uh, with like maybe super minor variances or like maybe only the abyssals do it slightly different, like mechanically different. Everybody else does it mechanically the same. That makes a lot of sense. And it really, uh, you know, uh, essence, you know, I, I know people like essence, we we've really shown that we're not as big a fans as essence although i understand its place out there in the world really my my main reason for not uh not being like super on board with essence has nothing so much to do with essence itself it has to do with the game of exalted and the state of third edition is that when i see the kind of numbers the essence brought in like the numbers of backers that it brought in how much money it brought in and compare that to like the big third edition books that we've been looking forward to like lunars and and uh, exigence and all this kind of stuff i i'm afraid of the market pressure to do exalted more like a rules light game rather than a rules heavy game like third edition is and i don't want that pressure to exist i would rather that pressure not exist because i want third edition to be completed However, now that I'm getting really into Trinity Continuum, I'm like, I'm like, man, the story path system is so cool. I could envision a fourth edition rewrite of, of Exalted in the story path, and it would be glorious, and I would be totally on board with it. You know. So anyway, so that's kind of changed the way I think about uh, Essence a little bit too. But I was thinking that as we were reading some of these, th- some of these Exalt types in the appendix, because I was like, oh well, they're just giving them the, you know, here's the basic, you know, the basic catalog of Exalted charms that you need to have. Little bit of this, little bit of that. And now we'll get into the crazy stuff. So anyhow, I mean, you, you essentially with this this book. It's almost like getting, what is it, like seven, seven. splat books yeah. in one? Yeah. 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 That's crazy. That's crazy. 
So anyway, let's move on to the Heart Eaters. Heart Eaters are pretty cool. Did you want to start us off on Heart Eaters since I started off on Dream Soul? Yeah, I'll, st- I'll start off with the Heart Eaters. Um, so these are the guys we talked about in-, in the last episode when we were discussing the Sovereigns. Yes. They are the true exalts of Aurora. And Aurora was the, uh, the god that was killed during the war. And... This this kind of stuck out to me. Uh, yeah, I, I know when we I think when we talked about it in part one, they settled on the word ancients. Yeah, and the the wording in this this exalt type is um, Aurora was killed in the war against the enemy of the gods. Yeah, so, they so go back, it makes me wonder: was this written a long time ago and then plugged in here? No, I think that they're just deciding to use those terms interchangeably. I don't think they've abandoned the term enemies of the gods. Like, I don't think they've settled completely. Like, it's always going to be ancients all the time. They're just kind of like, what is it? Bonfire and uh, uh, iconic. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're both the same thing, but, you know. Except in essence. They're different in essence. Oh, they're different in essence. I know. Um, But yeah, forever it's just been interchangeable. Bonfire slash iconic. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah just, so, i mean t- you want different words to describe you know similar things you don't want to just use the same word over and over and over again but so uh, the ancients yeah. or the enemies of the gods they curse the chosen of aurora mm-hmm. and they uh they twisted the nature of their exaltation turning them into a monster monstrous type type of exalt and yeah. uh they have the power to break minds and this is the game-breaking part of them make willing pawns of their victims yeah (laughs) yeah and it starts small it starts with like you know you have like a certain number that you can have it's based on your willpower but then different charms just raise that number and raise it and raise it and raise it until eventually you're at like you know you can have like ten thousand pawns i saw a charm in there that would allow you to have uh fey as pawns oh yeah fae is pawns awesome. there's there's one that allows you to have gods as pawns uh heaven drinking appetite <laughs> lets you take a god as a pawn and then there's like further charms that develop off of that that let you take his charms also start stealing charms like uh like eclipse charms from them uh so yeah gosh man yeah, this, this exile type is like almost crazy OP because of what they can do. And it's like uh, the, the, the way that they can just can just endure also because they have all of these pawns. If you kill the main dude, he just like takes over one of his pawns transfers his consciousness and his exaltation to one of the pawns. Now, kind there like, are some. Uh, what is it? Kind of like Ultron. <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's right yeah. it has all the different yeah all the different robots you kill one he just moves the consciousness to another now there are some impacts with with moving into a new body like you have to decide what's done with the old personality but still i mean the thing just lives on it's like like the hardest thing in the world to kill it's like a cockroach or something you know it just keeps moving bodies and uh so you essentially have to like kill him and all of his pawns to make sure that he's gone so what happens but, when that happens yeah that <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the coolest way for an exaltation to pass on from one generation to the next of any of the exalt types that I've seen. If you finally do kill the dude and he's really, really dead, 
his bones turn into like these pearlescent bones that are like eternally preserved. And if somebody else comes along and touches those bones, boom, the exaltation just like rips into him and carries along with it its memories and everything from its previous self, you know, and it's just like a parasite just kind of taking over the person. So, but you also have the cool. option of taking the former inhabitant of the exalt, the hungry ghost version of it. Oh yeah. As an ally yeah. or a, a mentor. Oh, so cool. That's so stinking cool. Yeah. It's like, it, follow me, son. Let me show you how this is done. You know? Yeah. Take that yeah. pawn over there. <laughs> but th- I mean, you know, again, like think about the optional tag and how, how applicable that is to something like this. Um, you know, this whole crazy, like you're a swarm of people, essentially hive mind, almost, you know, you're taking over all these different things. Yeah. You're like the Borg too. Yeah. You know, you kill one Borg, but it's like the other one just, you know, it's, it's the same Borg, you know, but, uh, anyway, it's, it, it would be very weird to play in a party, you know, just such a strange character, uh, who would be a heart eater. I can't imagine there being two or three heart eaters. That would just be nuts. But like, so probably <laughs> you're going to be the only heart eater in a party. And, uh, and it's just like, man, you, you know, it's really changes the way the game works when you got one person who's constantly doing all of this pawn stuff and everything. I mean, I, I can feel like it would, it could potentially bring in some, you know, some, some weirdness, to a mixed group which by the way i was thinking about that with the dream soul too, i was because too they, with the dream souls because you jump yeah. in someone's dream and then it's kind of solo adventure for a while it's solo adventure it reminded <laughs> me of like being playing the decker in Shadowrun. yeah you know exactly. whoever's playing the decker he goes on his matrix run and you're fighting intrusion countermeasures and all this other kind of stuff and everybody else is just sitting there waiting for you to be done well that's kind of what it is when you go take over somebody's dream but yeah i feel like there's a little bit of that here with the heart eaters too because you're always managing all these pawns and everything else uh, but they did bring in some really cool uh, story hooks when it came to the fact that they mentioned that even even like the sidereal host, they would even team up with the silver pact lunars. Yeah, to that is chase awesome. these guys down and take the them enemy out. So, of my enemy. <laughs> yeah, so that actually opens the door for some really cool stories of like sidereal lunar play where you're hunting down a heart eater is like the, you know, maybe the main, the main story of your chronicle is like, well, let's go get these heart, you know, this heart eater, he's taken over this whole area up here. We've got to root him out to the last man and whatever, you know, that would another be a good story. Cool hook, story. Another good story hook that was in there is now that the sovereigns have appeared, uh, the, uh, the heart eaters have this desire to go and take back the fountain of glories. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, the, the appendix leaves it open-ended as to what happens if they manage to reclaim it. As it should. Yeah. Yeah. That should be I mean, yeah. Too. So, but I mean, what happens cool. if they take it over, you know? Yeah, I so, don't know. That would be up story for hooks right there. Yeah, very good story hooks. So, uh, mechanically, these guys have some pretty cool stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, outside the, uh, the, the, the four that everything else has... Their yeah. <laughs> primary charm tree is the pawn charms. And I yeah. know you want to talk about some of these pawn charms. Well, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about just uh, because we haven't, re- I mean, I mentioned, I think once before, but the way the excellencies work 
for a lot of these, at least two of these optional kind, at least Heart Eaters and Umbrals. I didn't go back to look to see if the Dream Soul worked the exact same. But the way the Excellency works are, are pretty interesting. And I'm a real fan of how they keep distinguishing Excellencies from one another, from Exalt type to Exalt type throughout yeah. the, the whole Exalted line. It's just cool. I mean, Solars, it, it's like basic, but cool. It's like super powerful. Just step and on the, the gas. Lunars and the are really cool when, when I first yeah. read those. Yeah. Yeah, because it's all attribute based and you can add it. You can add it to so many things that you can't with Solars, like just beefing up your strength or beefing up your stamina. But then also like the way that you have to like use a, a stunt to combine one attribute with another in order to get like a higher dice cap. Very cool with Lunars. Then you've got Dragon Bloods that come around with their like, they have actually like cooler excellencies than anybody else because they each one of them has like a different additional effect that goes along with it. But they're not as powerful as the lunar and solar ones because they can't add as much dice. As but some of those things, <laughs> yeah, but some of those things are so cool. Like Become the Hammer, I think is the name of the one for brawl slash martial arts for uh, Dragon Bloods. And it lets you re like if you just add even like one die to a two hit roll with that excellency you get to re-roll all sixes in, in like until sixes no longer appear so you just keep re-rolling sixes i mean that's just a cool little additional effect and sometimes it can add like four or five more successes you know uh it doesn't very often but sometimes it can and just the potential there makes it cool so yeah very cool how how they've built in like kind of different rules for excellencies different mechanics for excellencies for all these things and these optional ones are no different they have some very cool excellencies uh because these guys are essence based rather than attribute or ability based they have a little different way of how they determine what kind of excellencies they can have essentially you can use excellencies on anything that you have an ability at three or higher at or that you have an attribute at five. So a very simple way of figuring out if you've got it is just like, well, am I using the, am I using an ability that's at three or higher? Am I using an attribute that's at five? If you do, you can use it. That means if you have an attribute five strength, you can use this excellency to boost your strength the way a lunar can. If you, if you have the ability of melee at three, you can add dice to your melee attack the way a solar can or the way i guess more like a dragon blade can because these have lower caps but then there you know it's just like the the cap is like whatever your ability is plus one and then uh with the with the heart eaters you get to add a little more if you if it's somehow bolstering an intimacy so that's pretty yeah. cool to allow that your intimacy levels to interact with your dice cap so just yep. cool ideas. It's like they broke the mold with some of this stuff, you know? It's like, oh, wow, man, I really like this. So I just kind of wanted to mention that because I'm a fan of excellency mechanics. But uh, any I'm other good charms? I'm a fan of anything that has a unique mechanic. Yeah, that's I mean, right. It's just great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there are uh, a lot of cool charms here. Uh, oh, yeah, my, one of my favorite ones. Under the Skin Revelation. Uh, that was the one that just like really stuck. They didn't have, there weren't like a super amount of heart eater charms that I was just like, oh, this is so cool. I can't wait to play with this. Oh, this is so neat. Like I had that, I had that reaction with the dream sold, but with the heart eaters, I was like, whoa, these guys are powerful. Whoa, these charms are really powerful. But very few of them stood out as being like that charm right there. That's the coolness. But this, this under the skin revelation, 
that allows your face. So, so your enemy, let's say, is interacting with one of your pawns. You can allow your face to like bleed through and take over your pawn's face so that your enemy that's interacting with him sees this person's face change into your face and it like it unnerves them it creeps them out it gives them all kinds of penalties and stuff it is just such a cool effect especially given like the way the 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 chapter fiction kind of starts these heart eaters out with you know like it it talks about like uh you know these pawns being sort of like agents infiltrating into these various you know enemy strongholds and whatnot and then just you know thinking about just leaving that calling card of like transforming the face into your own for a moment to let them know gotcha i was here this whole time you know ah it was just creepy it was cool it was flavorful so that was that was probably cool as well. Oh, and then also they have a lot for some some strange reason. Maybe it has to do with the fact that they're exalted of uh, Aurora, but they have a lot of like levitation charms that just yeah, kind of let do. them levitate off the ground a little bit. And then they have one called Palanquin of Invisible Air that just kind of after you levitate up, it just kind of lets you float forward. And it's the it's like the ultimate like super villain, you know, kind of move where you just like mm-hmm. kind of float up and you just like, you just you float forward towards your enemies. You know, it, it just screams power. It has, it's like this slow methodical, like evil procession, just, just floating forward toward the people. You know, anyway, I liked it. That one was very, that one was very flavorful to me. So, so Corey, it, I, I do have to make a correction. Uh, the heart eaters do have mysticism charms. Yeah, and that's it, right. It's, it oh, has, yeah, it that's has a different. A, it's yeah, a different category you didn't mention. Different right? category I didn't mention. Okay, uh, but it has a lot of lunar feel to it, where you could like, because I was just looking at these uh, in the perception charms, I believe, in the lunar section, where uh-huh. you could, uh, you could perceive dematerialized spirits. You can attack dematerialized spirits. We just talked about this right. a couple of days ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they have it has a little bit of a lunar feel there on, on their mysticism charms. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Did you have any uh, specific charms you were looking at with them that you thought were cool? Uh, uh, it's mainly I think we mentioned the most of them. It's just the the ways that you can get more pawns exceeding what your willpower is. Like take yeah. this charm and you could get like this many more pawns yeah and then take this charm and you can get you know uh fey pawns or god yeah. pawns or, or you you're know. you're now controlling battle groups of like five thousand each exactly you know? <laughs> yeah yeah very very crazy very cool well all right then well let's move on to the umbral then the last the last little bit of the exigence book man it's felt like we've just been combing through this thing for a while and it's been it's been a great ride we're, we're not going to have another book like this to comb through for a little while so we're we're just enjoying the ride but we've we've come to the end the umbral and a cool end it is the umbral are a very neat flavored exalt type i think they they said early on before any of the manuscript was released in some of those preview podcasts that were done by the developers and whatnot they had mentioned that you know the umbral have some of the flavor of like the incredible hulk you know you have this uh 
this other super powered, you know, kind of like alter ego thing that you're struggling with or whatnot. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah. So you do see that here with this shadow, the umbrals. Now, they are the chosen of Nibiru. Now, you got excited about this. I did. Yeah, because this is something I completely read over in other editions. I had no idea about this invisible planet. Yeah, so the the the, so the tell me about legend of, the legend of Nibiru is not is not like unique to exalted. This is this is a thing that this is a thing that exists or doesn't exist, but the the idea <laughs> of planet X, right? So you've heard about planet X your whole life, you know, there's another planet out there beyond Neptune's orbit. In fact, it was people looking for planet X that uh, what caused folks to discover Pluto in the first place. And uh, so there have long been these legends of like a, a, a dark planet. And in the last 40 years or so, there has been some hoopla about this created by a dude who was trying to, you know, take some of the Mayan stuff. And and uh, he came up with this idea of this Nibiru, this this 12th planet or whatever that has this extremely eccentric orbit that only comes into the inner solar system like once every 3600 years and and it, it gets even weirder like he said that this is where like humans came from is that we were seeded onto the earth because it actually started with a bunch of people on nibiru and he gives them a name i can't remember the name it's like a, a, it starts with an a but anyway uh so he's like you know these these people from nibiru they populated the earth you know on one of its flybys but this is the cause of like the go- global flood that is, as nibiru got close to the earth it, it caused like an up, up rise in the tides and the water covers the earth whatever so uh this nibiru legend goes for a long time then if you if you get into like flat earth stuff this is weird i feel like this i i recorded another podcast today and i talked about flat earth and now i'm talking about flat earth again i feel like people are like oh this guy's a flat earther no i'm not a flat earther but i did i i watched probably every video that anybody ever made about flat earth but uh, in flat Earth's thinking, you know, they talk about Nibiru a lot too. It's one of the ways they try to get around the fact that they're, you know, like like a lunar eclipse exists, you know, because lunar eclipse, that's something that's kind of hard for flat Earth folks to deal with, uh, because they believe that the sun and moon are both like lights that are going around above the disk of the Earth, and so uh, how is the Earth casting its shadow on the moon? Well, it's not. It's actually Nibiru casting its shadow on the moon, <laughs> and so anyway, so I've I've known about this Nibiru thing for a while, and seeing it like pop into the exalted lore as being like yes there is a nibiru uh, optional tag (laughs) 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 there is a dark planet nibiru and these are the chosen of that planet uh kind of like you have the 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 maidens right so the chosen of venus the chosen of jupiter the chosen of, of saturn well these are the chosen of nibiru and what's really cool about the story was the like Nibiru in this optional lore did not want to go along with the rest of the celestial incarnate in their fight against the primordials slash ancients slash enemies of the gods. And so the other incarnate actually like took this, took this God and drew, how do you say it? Drew and quartered him or, or had him drawn and quartered. Maybe that's the best way to say it. That'll work. Yeah. (laughs) They had him drawn and quartered and just tore him limb from limb and then like imprisoned what was left of him in his planet. 
And then he, he didn't want to, he, he wanted to be free from it. And he finally realized the only way to be free from it is just to create a bunch of exalts and then die in the process and be free. So what a cool story. I wish I knew the name of the developer that came up with this awesome idea because <laughs> it is cool. <laughs> I, I would, I would send this, whoever it is, I would send you like a cookie in the mail. I really would. <laughs> Tell me who tell me who did it. I'm gonna send you a cookie. But anyway, yeah. So so I think that these guys' story is the coolest that has ever been written since I have been reading Exalted. And this Exalt type is phenomenally cool. And you mentioned earlier, Jim, that the immovable rod effect. Yeah. This this Exalt type has a lot. Of, <laughs> of immovable rod effect because they get these like tendrils of shadow that they can begin to control that then they get lots of charms in order to like expand their control over their tendrils of shadow like you could turn them into weapons and then you can like build evocations for your shadow weapons you can use them to pick things up like telekinetically which I was saying I think in the last episode how much I love that with the puppeteer using the threads to pull things to her hands and whatnot well you could do that with shadow tendrils you can you know use them to grapple you can get uh, extra strength for them so that they can do acts of demolition and feats of strength and all that kind of stuff so uh you just imagine a person with like shadow tentacles all around them doing cool stuff with shadow tentacles and that right there is enough to get me excited what i like about these guys is that their shadow it's kind of it's like the darkness that lies within them and it yeah it, it wants to take control and the the umbral has to like suppress that shadow in order to stay in control but when he needs a boost of power he has to give up a little bit and and yeah. just let the shadow take over and he's yeah. more powerful when he does that but they have this whole system of penumbra where yeah, you have managing to that track. darkness yeah. yeah you have to manage it and and there's certain things you could do to that will lower it and there's certain yeah. things that you you do to that'll increase it but when you get mm -hmm. it like super high you pretty much lose control of your character like the shadow yeah. takes over yeah but the thing is is even though the shadow has different goals and motivations they even actually have their own defining defining intimacy that is like different than the base player or the base umbral but even though right. they it, it conflicts and it's it, it's like a yin and yang, you know, it's like two halves of the same thing. Even though that they are struggling and fighting against each other, they realize that they need the other one to 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 exist. So right. if something happens to uh, you know, the shadow's not going to let the umbral die. Right. You know, uh so I love this, that they, you know, like I said, I love it when they introduce a new mechanic that kind of yeah. gives us uniqueness and flavor yeah. to this exalt. And this is definitely a unique exalt. I mean, this would be, and, and again, it's going to be one of those. And, and again, the, a reason for the optional tag, it's going to be one of those that <laughs> requires the approval of your group to play it because you're going to be playing that mess out, you know, throughout the whole game. Okay. You remember how they had D and D and then they had a D and D and you never started anybody. You never started anyone out with a D and D. 
These are the AD and D of Exalted. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like this is the advanced. <laughs> this is the advanced stuff. Yeah. But uh, but talk about a cool Exalt type though. So cool. I don't think I even came up. I don't. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I wrote down a couple of charms, but there were ones that I already kind of talked about. Oh, you know what? I, I forgot the one that's like really cool. Uh, the very first charm listed for the Umbrals is essentially their version of Deadly Beastman transformation. Yes. So they have something called Inner Darkness Unleashed, and it is. It's very much like Deadly Beastman, where it buffs up your strength and all this kind of stuff, except it is keyed off of how high your penumbra rating is. Right. The closer you are to giving into the shadow, the stronger you are. The stronger you get, the tougher you are, and all that kind of stuff. And you get to form this like cool, just monstrous sort of form, which we see that with Lunars, with Deadly Beastman. We've seen it in the, I guess you'd call it like the, the, the tease or whatever that we got of Infernals in essence. They have something similar where they have like a demon uh, soul body or something like that. Like it's a, it's kind of like their own version of deadly beast, man. And now umbrals have this, you know, inner darkness unleashed. Very cool idea. I love this idea of just of having like a, you know, I go into just, you know, like big form or monster form, warrior form or whatever you want to call it. Uh, what did they call it in? War form, right? That's what it was in. That in was Werewolf. second edition, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Second edition used it used that term when I think when it came to their deadly beast man. But I'm really thinking more of like uh, Werewolf, the Forsaken. You know, you had the uh, war yeah, form yeah. that you go into, gotcha. and then in Werewolf, the Apocalypse, it was like I forget the name. It was like the Kreen Kreno, or anyway, they had some name for each one of their different forms between wolf and man, and then getting into that big war form, but. Anyway, so yeah, I love this this idea of just being able to kind of Hulk out like that. And that is where this, you know, when they talked about being the Hulk, well, here's the Hulk, right? <laughs> if you let the, let the darkness start to take over, you can just like let him out. So, so one, one of the charms cool. that I really liked was the, it's on page 69 of the, uh, of the manuscript or, yeah, or this section of the manuscript. Vengeful Shade Awakening. It, it allows you to animate the shadow as an independent entity and you oh, roll yeah. it into combat. So yeah, basically cool. you split into two people. Yeah. You got the umbral and you got the shadow, which that is cool. That's very cool. It almost makes, cool. I mean, I know you're not a Dragon Ball Z fan, but like, uh, no, uh, the Kami, the, the Namek. Uh, who's the guardian of the earth well to become the guardian of the earth he had to split or purge all the evil within his body so he actually that evil manifested itself into uh the demon king piccolo so basically okay. to purge his evil he had to push it all out and it it, it came out as a full-grown entity separate entity that had its own motivations and stuff which was that's kind of cool. that's what i kind of and, think about with this and that's very jekyll and hyde you know how do you separate good from evil what happens to the evil <laughs> and that's what happened to it he had you know he was jekyll and then he was hyde so yeah pretty cool any so other all, charms yeah um there's uh, an offensive charm that i like called shadow sword duality which is on page 75. It allows you to make two withering attacks against a single enemy, and -hmm. you get the initiative as usual from the highest damage roll. So you Mm -hmm. roll, and let's say you get 
you know, five successes, then you roll again, get eight successes. Well, you get the initiative based on the high damage roll. Right. And then the lower damage roll grants initiative up to a maximum of your current penumbra rating. That could be huge, man. Yeah, this, it could be. Especially if you're, like, really giving huge. into the shadow. Like, you Gosh, could, talk like, about an initiative swing. You could swing. crash oh, someone, like, nothing. Yeah, and, and then gain, like, 30 points or something. So, that's, yeah, that's, whoo, boy, talk about OP. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the uh, the uh, mobility charm that I, that I really liked was with these guys. So, you can make a, a ranged movement action. And you mm-hmm. could do this in combat or, or anything. You make a movement action, and what you do is you sink down into your shadow, and then mm-hmm. you pop out of another shadow or some darkness. So basically, like if an enemy's like medium range away, you sink down into your shadow and you pop up right behind him, you know? Yeah. Which, Which is, by the way, that reminds me, one of the players in our new game has some sandals that lets him do something very similar. And you may want to get get with him to talk about like how he could use this charm as a way of like designing those sandals. Maybe maybe look over the design he already has and compare it to this because yeah, it's it's yeah. essentially exactly what he wanted to do. Hi Bifford, shout out to Bifford. <laughs> <laughs> I can already see him popping up in Discord. Hey, I heard yeah. my name at the very end of your long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, looking forward to starting that game. Yeah, exactly. Well, these these have been cool, man. This this whole book has been a joyride of mechanical fun. Seven different types of exalts to play with, and we've got more to look forward to in the companion volume as we see the design seeds for each of these other things. And now that we see how they've designed out these optional types, it makes me wonder how extensive will the design seed be of these things like the Fox binder and the jailer and all, you know, will it be this level, like 30 pages of charms level, or will it be something simpler than this? Like, I, I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see, but I think that having this appendix be this length kind of argues for maybe these design seeds, you know, will be a similar length, Hopefully. which is kind of cool. Hopefully. And, you know, I was thinking about it the other day and I don't think we mentioned it, on either of the first two parts of what we what we've done so far looking at exigence but two people spent two thousand dollars each to to essentially what the what the reward tier said was craft a charm set for an exigent and that makes me think like is that like a whole charm set like the puppeteer a whole charm set like the sovereigns does that mean in the companion volume to exigence we are going to get two completely filled out full charm sets because these two backers, you know, spent two grand. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about that before, but that's so, a well, I, that's a big we, ad. We need to give props to those two guys yes. who are or gra- <laughs> girls, whoever they are. Um, that's that, right. I ponied up that kind of money, but we will send you a cookie as well. Yeah, send it. Send send your email to the uh, deliberative podcast, <laughs> and we'll email you a cookie. We'll email you a cookie. <laughs> no, I would send them a real cookie. Really? I'd have my wife make a batch of cookies, and we'd send one to each one of these people. 
Absolutely. <laughs> you have, I had my wife make these cookies. Well, I mean, you want them to taste good. So. You want them to taste good. That's right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Could you imagine oh. opening up an envelope and like you, you, a cookie falls out? <laughs> oh, man. It'd be so gross. We've gone through all the sorting machinery and whatnot, just smushed it in there. It would look like it was full like of human so excrement. so many flashbacks of uh, when like you go Halloween uh, trick-or-treating. Oh, and yeah. like people put these razor blades in the apples don't eat the apples like what yeah you know like yeah. what kind of sick person does that don't eat but, anything that's not individually <laughs> sealed yeah oh yeah i remember we were just throwing away handfuls of candy corn like these aren't in bags yeah they've been injected <laughs> yeah <laughs> they got they got staples in them yeah well, anyway, uh, by the way, uh, I know we mentioned it in the last episode, but it's worth repeating again. We now have a new call-in number for the show. So we have multiple ways that you can get in touch with us, that you can have your ideas, your comments, your opinions, whatever you want to whatever you want to contribute. We've got ways for you to submit that to the show. We have our email address, thedeliberativepodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll talk about your what what you want to talk about on the show. Uh, if you want to, you can you can use your voice recorder app on your phone to record yourself giving your comment and then email it to the deliberative podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call our new call-in number, which is ultra fun, by the way. The number is 678-369-1041. 678-369-1041. I think of it as 10-4-1041, right? 10-4-1. Three sixty nine ten forty one. Right. So anyway, six seven eight three six nine ten forty one. Or know the person that wrote the backstory on the umbrels, give us a call. We want to <laughs> shake in. your hand. Want to shake uh, <laughs> and give you a cookie. cookie. The cookie will be in our hand when we shake it. Yeah, so, like yeah, like graduation like when you give the guy all the marbles and yeah. he doesn't know yeah, what to do right. with them, so he puts them in his pocket. Yeah. So a warm, <laughs> a warm, chewy cookie coming into the the shake there. <laughs> But yeah, give us a call. Send us a send us a comment. We'd love to put you on the show. If you've called in before, call it again. And uh, let me just give you a, let me give you a little hint uh, for those of you who haven't done this. Uh, there's a couple of ways you could do it. One, you could you could like maybe take some notes to see like what do I want to say? Oh, let me let me write this down so I make sure I you know like I, like I get it all in or whatever. Take a little notes. Call the number. If you if you screw up, say at the end of the message like oh wait I screwed that up. I'm gonna call back and do it again. And then just do it again. Uh, if you're, of course, if you're recording on your phone, you can just, just stop the recording, just restart it, delete it. But if you also just want to be the rambling kind, that's just like, I'm driving and I call this number and I'm just going to ramble a little bit. It's fine. We'll cut your message up and make it shorter so that it, it sounds all together and it sounds good with the show. So go, just go ahead, send us whatever you got. We just love that. We'd love to interact with you. And especially as we're coming off of exigence now. We're going to be into more, uh, you know, kind of our normal content of what we talk about. So we're going to need some more calls. So give us a call. We'd love to have you. We celebrate your call. So go ahead and do that. 678-369-1041. Well, all right, Jim. Oh, I guess we made it through without Chuck. We missed him. I feel like he was here in spirit. Uh, Somewhere. Well, I, I did smell a smell at one point. And I thought it Maybe might be he's him. our shadow. Ooh, and, and our penumbra was down too much, so he had to go somewhere. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Well, he was definitely I, optional, and he chose <laughs> to not be here. But anyway, well, that's about that's going to about do it for this episode. So thank you for listening to the Deliberative Podcast. Now go forth and bring righteousness to the world as you know best. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. See ya.